Welcome to Kahuna and the Wasp. Thank you for tuning in and thank you to Steel Pixel Studios. Welcome to our Super Bowl special. I want to welcome my co-host for today, Mr. John Glass, Mr. NFL Europe, and a manager at Primerica. Great to be here with you, man. Uh, l- looking forward to uh, putting a wrap on this season and um, and really talk about some interesting things. But uh, good to be here with you. Yeah, appreciate you filling in for the Kahuna. He's down uh, enjoying the palm trees and the Super Bowl this week. So a shout out to the Kahuna. Kahuna, get some sun for me, brother. All right, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and their season. So the Super Bowl's here and the Eagles aren't, but the Philadelphia Eagles, I thought, had a successful season at 9-8. and eight. They ended up losing to the GOAT and Tom Brady, 31-15 in the wild card round. I wanted to talk about the Eagles and the season they've had. Um, we'll start with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback. Finished the season with 3,144 yards, 16 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, only a 52 QBR total. Uh, what did you think of Jalen Hurts this year? I thought Jalen Hurts really came along this year. You know, um... I think they put a lot. They put a lot on the shoulders. They told him, you know, here's the key to the franchise: be that guy. Um, you know, some growing pains, which is going to be expected. But I really feel he kind of made the steps necessary to kind of get to that next step. Um, you know, a couple more weapons, a couple things, maybe in the off season, just to uh, shape it up. But um, I think they can roll with Jalen Hurts. I think he can be that guy. I think he's a little bit of dynamic both ways, as far as you know, being able to run. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of a Russell Wilson. I think he's going to hopefully mature into that type of player. But, um, you know, I think he's going to be a quality quarterback. We'll see how things are going to roll up next year. But um, with a great offseason and putting things together. And, you know, like you mentioned, they made the playoffs this year. Um, came in as a wild card, you know. Um, and, and, of course, you know, you go out to the GOAT. So <laughs> what are you going to do about that? But all in all, I mean, you know, winning season, successful season, made the playoffs. Um, you know, I know Eagles fans are, are not really accepting for anything except the Super Bowl. But, listen, we're going to build around a young kid and keep things moving. I could, I got to say it was uh, definitely a success success of a season. Yeah, I really like Jalen Hurts. I've liked him since the beginning. I thought there was a lot of a lot of rough criticism his way early on when they had the rough start. The Eagles really weren't running the ball, something we called them out on all year, and then all of a sudden they end up first overall in running, I think 159 yards per game. Mm. Now with the run game, we'll talk about the leading rusher for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts. Okay, 139 <laughs> attempts, 784 yards, and 10 rushing touchdowns. That's huge. That's huge production, fantasy production, team production. The Miles Sanders now, the, the true running back, had a couple injuries. He, I think he had maybe two or three less attempts. He had 750 yards, no touchdowns. Mm. So I think they really got to work Miles Sanders next year, continue this great run game. The offensive line obviously doing a great job for the Eagles, but you got to get Miles Sanders in the end zone <clears throat> and too many hurts tackles in the open field. I don't like my quarterback running that many times in a game. I agree with you 100% on that. Um, I think it does bring that dynamic. Um, your quarterback being a number one rusher, not sure where you're going to really sit on that. Like you mentioned, that means your quarterback's taking a lot of unnecessary hits. But it does prove that, you know, he has the ability to, you know, escape the pocket, make some big plays happen. And that's what you're looking for in a Jalen Hurst type quarterback. I think it's definitely a big point that you mentioned is um, they got to get the running backs running the ball a little bit more, a little bit better. So whatever they got to do with that run game to step it up, I think those those improvements to the run game and uh, maybe adding a couple of different plays with, you know, read option with him as well, I think that could really go a long way in the season. One thing I would say just for a Miles Sanders perspective, especially on the coaching staff, you see he's putting in the time. He's running between 20 and 80 yards all game.
game long. You got the ball on the one-yard line. You know Jalen Hurts snuck already seven in this year. Give the ball to Miles Sanders so he can get a touchdown and celebrate with the fans. I, I didn't like how they didn't give him the ball at the end just to get one touchdown. But that's not my call. I'm not a coach. Hey, you know, you know that comes down to a lot of different things. You know, predictability, trust issues. You know, we don't we don't see him at practice every day and, and really what's going on. Um, but yeah, I would love I would love to see the same thing. Give him the ball. Get him in the end zone. Get that momentum going for the next season. I agree 100. percent And on the receiver side, you had Devonte Smith leading the way, 64 receptions, 916 yards, five touchdowns. Great rookie campaign out of Devonte Smith. A lot of things. He's undersized. He's a smaller guy. He's a great route runner. He's tough and he catches the ball. I love him. I love him. Um, great guy. You know, um, just a tough, gritty receiver. Maybe you call him a little bit undersized, but um, I, I really think he he adds something to the team that's going to be unbelievable. I'm excited to see his growth going from this year to next year. I think him and Jalen are really going to uh, um, um, jive together really well on that. And um, just shy of 1,000 yards. I'd love to see him have 1,000 yards in his first campaign. That would have been unbelievable, but still, what, 9-16. Great job. Um, I think the future is going to be very bright for him. I think I could see him as a number one receiver. Uh, for the Eagles for you know an extended period of time. We get some more help in there. It would definitely be be good, but um, I think he's going to be a great player. So the Eagles do uh, draft, uh, what do they got, the 15th, 16th, and 19th pick. So it's mm-hmm. three first-round draft picks. So it's a lot of capital to work with. It's a way to really boost your team. I'm not sure where the Eagles really want to boost their lineup. There's a lot of different spots they can use help, but with three draft picks in the first round, if you pick right, you should have a really big advantage next year. I talk about Justin Jefferson, how they passed on him, mm. and they could have had Devontae Smith and Justin Jefferson. Wow. But I did hear Justin Jefferson say if he was an eagle, he may not have the same success he's had in the Vikings because Kirk Cousins is always throwing him the ball. I don't know if the Eagles would be throwing him as many balls. So maybe it worked out better for Jefferson, obviously. Well, you know. Um, I mean, he did have like the second or third best season ever, you know, <laughs> as a start, except for Randy Moss. So he's doing okay. Absolutely. And, and I, I think the Eagles would have found a way to get the ball into his hands also. Um, and, and just imagine if they would have had both of those players. So, you know, um, what it could have should is all day. I mean, obviously he was a great player. and uh, But like you mentioned, with three picks in the first round, possibly, you know, some trades and some movements to get another one up in there or, or possibly giving away one or, one of those picks to uh, to bring in a quality player. Maybe it, maybe it on the offensive line, maybe it as a, as a skilled position. But um, either way, going to be in good position with the draft picks. Um, as long as they do it right, um, they're going to be they're going to be really sitting pretty. But wow, I, I, I'm just sitting here thinking, if they would have had both of those guys, I uh, think the Eagles need to go after a big receiver. They need help. They got a great tight end. They got a good receiver in Devontae Smith. They obviously can run the ball with the offensive line that they have. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little defensive help, but get a superstar receiver and move forward from there. And maybe a stud on the D line that never hurts. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the New York. Jets. Oh, the New York Jets ended up the season 4-13. and No playoffs once again. Led by the rookies, though. Zach Wilson, Michael Carter, Elijah Moore. Wilson had 2,334 yards, 9 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Only a 27.4 QBR. Not that great. Points 4 for the Jets were 28th. Not the greatest season. A lot of rookies, a lot of injuries, guys missing time, but still no excuse. You know, this is the New York Jets, and we need to start making the playoffs. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and um, I think, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. I think, you know, the energy of the coach needs to permeate into the team as well a little bit. Uh, Robert Sala loved him as a D coordinator for San Francisco 49ers. The energy was there. I mean, every game on the side, you're watching this guy jump up and down, hit his players on the helmet. He comes to New York. He's standing around. He's quiet. I need to see him jumping around, get this guy a Red Bull. We got to see that. We got to see that fire. We got to see that fire as the fans. We got to see that fire transition into the players. Um, you know, what we, we, we know we weren't expecting you know the Super Bowl this year per se but um, you know New York like you said they're, they're ready to make that change they're ready to win you know we got that top quarterback went through a couple of growing pains like we expect quarterbacks to do but moving forward um, looking forward to see a lot out of, the, out of that guy and you know he has some, he has a couple of weapons more would definitely help but I want to see the evolution of Wilson I want to see that fire and that urgency out of the head coach going to the players and I think next year uh, the Jets will be saying something yeah I think a big part of the rookie class was Michael Carter mm-hmm. uh, 147 attempts, 639 yards, four touchdowns, and he didn't miss a couple games throughout the year. But he's he's shifty, he moves well, he gets in and out of the hole, he's fast, breakaway speed, I love it. And Elijah Moore, as a wide receiver, 43 receptions, 538 yards, five touchdowns, and he missed games as well. So, I mean, one thing is the Jets need to stay healthy because you got to have your players on the field to win games. But now with the draft coming up, we have the fourth pick and the tenth pick. I think the Jets need to go offensive linemen, and we need to go cornerback. I also think we need to not necessarily trade for someone, but sign another receiver, um, a receiver who's been around maybe a couple of years, but he's catching the ball. He's a sure thing because we need help on both sides. So, again, the best ability is availability, you know, so that's something they definitely have to work on as far as staying healthy. And that's just learning how to become a pro. Right. Learning how to take care of your body, learning how to do the right things on a downtime to prevent potential injuries. But that's something that's going to happen with a lot of young guys until they just really understand what it is to be a pro. But uh, being available definitely helps. Um, I would have loved to see them get a thousand yards rushing if we played every game. That would have been a big boost coming into next year. Um, Going into the draft, like you mentioned. I definitely think with those with those picks, um, you got to go offensive line. You got to protect this big investment you made at quarterback, and I think that also leads to the rushing game as well. So those two, the 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 offensive line definitely you know should be addressed and some more skills so that quarterback can uh, have more to work with. Yeah, hundred percent. I thought the Jets would win four games this year. I think the over was four and a half. I was hoping for five wins, but <laughs> you know it'll happen. I think the Jets threw away one or two at the end there, so that's typical Jet fashion. <laughs> they wanted to get some picks. Yep. So uh, hopefully there'll be another year for the Jets. Hopefully we can make the playoffs next year, but we'll see. You know, I say it every year, Jets are going to make the playoffs, and usually I'm wrong most of the time. One day, you will be right, Coach. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about the Super Bowl. Lock of the week. All right, so it's Super Bowl time. We got the Los Angeles Rams, who were twelve and five on the season, versus the Cincinnati Bengals, who were ten and seven on the season. Right now, you got the line L.A. Rams minus four, over under forty eight and a half. John, what do you think? Let me just talk before we even really get into Super Bowl, Super Bowl. What a season it was, right? What an unbelievable season. If you're a fan of the sport in any way, shape, or form, I mean, you've seen so many different things transform, so many different dynamics. What a great season. I mean, it was really any given Sunday for so many teams. Uh, The playoff picture was down to the last second, last game. I mean, what more could you ask for as a fan? And um, now, with with the Bengals being in the Super Bowl, um, I think it makes it more of a reality for other other teams that were maybe on the brink that maybe even didn't even make the playoffs. If you hit your stride at the right time, you can get there. And I think Bengals are proof of that. So I'm excited about, you know, just seeing what, what transpires. Yeah, 100%. You go back to the beginning of the season, nobody had the Bengals even winning their division. I don't even think most people had them coming third in their division. So, you know, kudos for the Bengals. Kudos to the 
coaching staff, yes. the, the drafters, the guys who you know were in the war room making the picks, because you don't pick Jamar Chase with your first pick last year, you're not having the season you're having. Absolutely. I mean, he, the, the kind of production that he put up as a rookie was mind-blowing. You know, again, Randy Moss, Jerry Rice kind of numbers. Um, but, you know, let's talk about the Rams first. You got Matthew Stafford as quarterback. Now you got the three-headed monster. Who knows who's playing yet? Sony Michelle, Henderson Jr., Cam Akers in the backfield, and, of course, Cooper Cup as your, your big-time wide receiver. Who man. I mean, when you when you name them off like that, you know, it looks really good on paper. Um, I think they're going to come out firing. I think, um, you know, Stafford wants to really show what he could do. Um, I know he's hungry to win a Super Bowl. The whole dynamic with him coming over for Detroit, um, you know, being a Cinderella season for him in a sense, really kind of just um, first year there, really making it happen. Um, I'm excited to see really what he does and what the game plan is. Um, you know, it's going to have to be a, the right game plan to get things off the way they want to. But I think he's definitely going to use his receivers. I think he's definitely going to they want to get that run game established as well um you know from the evolution of the season uh you can see they found different ways to win in different times and different situations so i'm excited what that coaching staff is going to come up to but uh, i think it's going to be a huge offensive output by them um but of course we have to talk about the defensive side of ball as, as well i think that's going to be huge yeah, I'm gonna, I want to highlight Cooper Cup for a second. 170 Cooper. receptions, 2,333 yards, 20 touchdowns right now. You know, I remember watching him against Tampa Bay. You know, the game's tied up, and they just let him go by himself. Somebody needs to stay on him. He's the guy. He is the guy. You shut down Cooper Cup. Odell's having good weeks. He's having a good game. He'll put up maybe 100, right, off four or five catches. But if you shut Cooper Cup down, this offense is different. Definitely have to shut Cooper Cup down if you want a chance to make it happen in the end and get this big W. It's tough. Best receiver in the league this year. I mean, he's serious. I mean, he just has a great way of getting open and getting past people when he has the ball in his hands. He does so many dynamic things. I would have to double Cooper Cup, you know, and and, and let the other guys kind of on their own. But you can't let him beat you. Because if he beats you, it's going to be a long day. So they're going to have to have a great game plan to shut him down. But I think, I think, um, I think there's a couple, a couple scenarios where um, you know Cincinnati really kind of tries to take him out of the game completely. And I think that would be a good game plan. Yeah, I think they have to do that. I mean, right now he, he's just dominant. He's winning games for them. He's getting 14 targets a game. If you can cut that down to 10, nine targets, you know that can make a difference for for a defense. Um, and we could talk. You know, the receivers, but I think this game's going to come down to Rams D line versus Bengals O line. As an offensive lineman yourself, you have two weeks now to prepare for the Rams monster. Vaughn Miller, yeah, Aaron Donald. What are you doing? What are you thinking if you know you're playing a team with a monster D line and maybe this hasn't been your best season? I'm coming into the D to the offensive line meeting room and letting them know this Super Bowl is on your shoulders, right? This is going to be in your hands whether we get that championship trophy at the end or not. Um, you know, as a coach, I do that with every position group, but I would be I would mean it with the offensive line. But as a former offensive lineman, you know, offensive lineman yourself, what, mm -hmm. what's the mindset? The mindset is we have to step up. So the week of practice is going to be intense, right? That's going to be in the back of everybody's minds. With so with that being said, the 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 preparation has to be a little bit different, right? The reps you take during the week have to be a little bit different. The aggression, the 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 attention to detail. Not that it doesn't any other time, but we're talking about the Super Bowl. So it's going to be a little bit different with them knowing that it's on their shoulders. With that being said, the game plan has to help them out as well. Yeah, it scares me. Joe Burrow's been one of the most sacked quarterbacks, not mm -hmm. maybe the most sacked quarterback this year. I remember the game against Tennessee, first round of playoffs. He was sacked nine times. So maybe they got to get Joe Mixon out in the in, in in the slot a little bit, throw him, you know, what are those called, screen pass here Screens, and there, yeah. just to work him off. 
But I think with what you're saying, the Bengals' O-line know they're a weakness. With two weeks to prepare, I think we're going to get their best foot forward. And if they can even neutralize the D-line a little bit Mm -hmm. and take maybe two or three sacks away from the five or six they should get, that's going to make a difference. Maybe one or two of those passes hits Jamar, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and you get the You never know how it's going to play out. I I would say this, though. Um, Knowing the caliber of of what they're bringing on the defensive line, you know uh, Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, you know them boys. It, it, they're they're serious, um, but they're. Uh, I would say that you know on top of the game plan, you know you you, you definitely have to you know. There's a couple of things you have to put in place with with those guys. You got to know that they're coming, right? They they're going to be licking their chops. They know your your situation as far as giving up the sacks and things like that. So um, they're coming for you. I think what you mentioned is probably one of the best scenarios because they're going to be pinning their ears back early, right? And if you find yourself in those third and long situations, you know they're coming. The screens early, the game plan, staying on track, staying in you know third and manageable rather than third and long. That's going to make a big difference in the game. So not only is it on the offensive line shoulders. Um, it's going to be on the game plan shoulder as well to to not expose your biggest weakness. I mean, Aaron Donald, you saw him at his last game putting that ring finger up. Man, he wants that ring bad. They're he coming. Wants it bad. They're, they're coming. Listen, those boys are coming, and, and you know they're coming. But you know, can you really prepare more than you've been preparing? You know, during the season, just in two weeks. Um, you know, I, I don't think two weeks is enough to prepare for what they're going to throw at them. But I think it is enough time to prepare game plan wise to not put your guys in that situation. But regardless. There is going to be situations where they're going to have to drop back and you're going to have to rely on your quarterback that got you there to throw the ball. You guys are going to have to do what you got to do to step up and, and protect them. And Joe Burrow also has to be smart. He, it's got to be a sack or two coming. you got to make sure that ball is secured, and when you go down, it stays in your hands, and it's not going down the other way. Yeah, don't do the Jimmy G. Don't do the— <laughs> what, what was that? Uh, was Denver. I remember Denver-Seattle Super Bowl. I thought the Denver Broncos were going to win, and the first snap goes over Manning's hand in the end zone. I'm thinking, oh, not today. Not man, today. Man, man. Yeah, things happen. So I also want to talk, before we go to the Bengals, uh, Matt Gay, kicker for the Rams. Mm-hmm. I also want to talk about Evan McPherson, kicker for the Bengals. He's been probably the, the superstar for the team. 12 field goals in the postseason so far. Unbelievable. Hasn't missed one. 12 for 12. The kickers, I know prop bets are out there. The 1.5, right? Kicker, under over 1.5 kicks. I love the over for the field goal kickers because you got two decent defenses and points matter. Especially with Cincinnati kicks field goals seemingly once, twice a quarter. Take mm-hmm. the over on the kickers this week. Oh, yeah. Take the over on the kickers. They're, they're, you're not going to find the team um, not putting points on the board when they have an opportunity, especially in a game like this. So points are going to be uh, at a premium. Points are going to be big. They're going to take those points. Unless you're in a come-from-behind situation where you got to go for that touchdown, I can see those kickers going to work on Sunday. Yep. I mean, kickers now, 50-yard field goals, just no problem. That's just so. what it is now, yeah. So we're going to be kicking. They're going to be kicking. So Cincinnati Bengals, uh, well, Joe Burrow. Right, Joe Burrow's been the man all year. Five thousand four hundred and fifty-three yards, thirty-eight touchdowns, sixteen interceptions. Um, what can I say about Joe Burrow? He's a cigar-smoking king. He did it at LSU, yeah, and it's funny. Let's go back to Ohio State because he was an Ohio State player. Yes, guy. he was. He didn't get any playing time, and he's from Ohio. Goes to LSU, wins the national championship, wins the Heisman. Now he can be the first quarterback, I think, to be Heisman national championship and Super Bowl winner if he wins the game. Wow, man. Um, what what could you say about Joe, man? Just like you mentioned, his background, unbelievable. I think that situation he went through in college put a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. 100%. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, he's still trying to show the world who he is and what he's made of. And he's Joe Cool. You don't Joe see that chip cool. on his shoulders. Nah, yeah, Joe. You don't see it. He, play, he plays unbelievably cool, calm, and collected all the time. You don't see him flustered. But... 
Um, I know his, you know, in the back of his mind, the critics, I know in the back of his mind, but it's Cincinnati. I know in the back of his mind um, what you mentioned, the first player to do all that. Um, he's going to go out there and have a game. He's going to be Joe Cool all the way through it, but that chip, he wants to get that off his shoulder. So, you know, I, 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 would, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take any under on him as far as yards or anything like that. He's going to let it go. He's going to have a great game, and he's going to be ready to put that cigar up at the end of the game. And what I like is him and Jamar Chase both – both from LSU, both LSU graduates yes. won the, the championship together, and I, I would pretty sure Burrow put a lot of a talk or a lot of stock into drafting Jamar Chase as early as Cincinnati did, and what a great decision that was. I mean, these two guys are not only best friends, their family are best friends. I've seen now videos of Jamar Chase and uh, Joe Burrow's dad together smoking cigars before <laughs> games, so it's really good to see that family dynamic between quarterback and wide receiver. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. The best quarterbacks have their wide receiver, because A, you need a guy to score touchdowns, get open, and you know that's that's a really great relationship. Absolutely, it takes me back to thinking about um, you know uh, uh, you know how receivers feel about their quarterback and how their quarterbacks feel about uh, the, the receivers. And like you mentioned, it's definitely a family. Um, I, I could think of Tyrell Owens crying talking about his quarterback after a game. Man, I mean those guys really take it personal. They build great bonds, great, great relationships. Like you said, families are together, been together since LSU. That bond is hard to break. You know what I mean? And now we could do it at a professional level. I think he's gonna, they're going to continue to evolve that. You know, um, football relationship because their off-field relationship is so tight. Listen, I mean, another dynamic wide receiver right there. I, I think he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder as well to kind of uh, show the world. And um, one thing about – I know we talked about the kickers. Uh, one thing I do want to mention is the long snapper, right? The long snapper for the Cincinnati Bengals um, – former teammate of mine at Rutgers University, now in, I believe, his 13th, 14th year in the NFL, um, world record holder for the longest snap between your legs, uh, Guinness Book of World Records, pro bowler, just an awesome guy, man. I definitely want to shout out Clark Harris, long snapper for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he may be part of bringing that, home, that, that game home at the very end. Very nice, very nice. Absolutely. Yeah, we were like I said, Jamar Chase, his stats for the year were 101 receptions, 1,734 yards, 14 touchdowns. Ooh, got to stop that boy. Jalen Ramsey's going to have his hands full. So what do we say? What are the picks? <sighs> so I am going to, you know, as, as much as I love the Cinderella season, um, as much as I love the gritty hometown, grind it from the bottom, bangles, I believe it's going to be an awesome game. But... I'm going to go out on a limb and kind of go against popular belief, um, and I'm going to say Bengals 37, Rams 34, last-minute kick, field goal to win the game, Woo. Cincinnati goes crazy. Woo. That's what we're going to see. You know what? I like your mindset. I, I Like I said, we both saw Homer Simpson say Bengals, so I don't think we could go against them. <laughs> Homer's never wrong. I, I've been on Jamar Chase since the beginning of the year. I drafted him on my fantasy team thinking he was going to be the man. I remember when I heard about him not catching the ball in the preseason and practice, I said, it's garbage. It's just critics being critics. He's going to be great. And then he has this monster season, makes me feel good. I have to go. Bengals. I've been a Burrow fan and a Jamar Chase fan all year. I believe in this team. I think they have underdog mentality and this is it for Cincinnati. Cincinnati's due. Now on the Rams side, I like the Rams. I thought they made some great moves. Their defense is strong. Their receivers are great. I mean, Ramsey, Von Miller, Odell Beckham. You know, Robert Woods went down and that was a huge part of that team. He was a big time number two receiver and I think without him Cooper Cup doesn't, without Odell coming to the team, I don't think Cooper Cup's still doing what he's doing because now you have to watch Odell. All of a sudden he comes from Cleveland. What do you have? Six touchdowns, you know, maybe 30 receptions, 500 yards, six games. And, ha and has, a better, has better stats as soon as he leaves and goes, goes right to LA. So 
I tell you what, if, if you're doing draft picks this year, Eagles, why don't you call Mr. Odell Sr., right? Maybe he can make a couple good picks. And he was right the whole time. He said, get him to L.A. He needs to get out of Cincinnati. Baker's no good. And uh, I think it was a lot for Odell to leave Cleveland because he had such a great relationship with Landry. You know, he two LSU guys, best friends being there, finally playing on the same team. But he doesn't have any Super Bowls, and sometimes a Super Bowl ring can uh, get you to go to L.A. in the palm trees real quick. And he's waking, he's about to say, he's waking up in L.A. this morning, and he's going to a Super Bowl this year, so I'm sure he's happy with his decision. Um, we'll see what's going to happen moving forward, but um, I, I, I expect him to be hungry for that ring as well. Um, you know, and the only thing that's going to mess up my prediction is possibly, you know, one of those famous Odell catches. So we'll see how the game plays out. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. I think, again, it's going to be close, like every game. I mean, I still think about that Mahomes-Allen uh, 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 wasn't that a game? It, it was just crazy. I ended up putting the game on with five minutes left. I got home super late, and it's like 21, 23, something like that. Oh, touchdown, 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 touchdown. It was the greatest two and a half minutes of football I had ever seen. And then the next day you're hearing about the greatest game ever. I'm like, man, I'm really glad I put that game on it. Whew, I, I, I mean, greatest game ever? I mean, at, at least that I witnessed with my own eyes. You 13 know? seconds could get it done. Dak, you had 14, bro. <laughs> Oh, wow. I mean, look what you could do with 13 seconds in a National Football League. I mean, you know, just 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 looking at that game and seeing how it played out, just, you know, it just shows you where we're at as far as, you know, the talent level. And the mindset. And the mindset of the players in the league right now. I mean, it just, what it really did was it just made me even more excited for the Super Bowl, and it even made me more excited to see the season next year and to continue to be a fan of the, uh, of the sport because, you know, there's just unbelievable things happening that we haven't seen in the last 75, 80 years of the NFL. I always think about the guys with the over-under, you know. <laughs> I, I, and I don't just think about the guys who won. I think about the guys who lost more because, mm-hmm. I mean, there, you got the under. There's a minute and a half left, and then four touchdowns get scored, and all of a sudden the guys with the over are just celebrating and celebrating. It's the greatest game ever. But if you had the under, you know, it must have been the biggest bad beat of all time. Bad beat. City. Oh, wow. man. So, yeah, I'm going to take uh, back to the Super Bowl. I'm going to sure. take the uh, the Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati can win the game. And if they do lose, I hope the four points can cover that for me. Um, also, I'm going to I'm gonna concur. I'm going to go with Cincinnati on this one. Um, I know it might be against popular belief, but I think that um, – A lot of things, stress on the Rams. A lot of stress on the Rams. A lot of older guys that haven't won Super Bowls. Um, and, and, and Vaughn did. So so they're going to be leaning on Vaughn because, you know, he did get a, he did get a Super Bowl with um, uh, Denver. Right. And, um, you know, he kind of has that in his back pocket. So is he going to be as hungry to, uh, you know, to get it done? Is he going to be that guy that it can lean on to, to, you know, in the fourth quarter when they need that pass rush to really get it done? We'll see. We'll see. But I'm sure he's going to motivate those other guys. But um, regardless, it's going to be one heck of a game, I'm sure. Sure is. This Sunday, baby, the Super Bowl. So, John Class, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being our co-host today. Uh, we want to thank our sponsor, Steel Pixel Studios. We want to thank our producer, Ben Orr. Always go Jets, go Eagles. And uh, have a great weekend. Be safe. Enjoy your Super Bowl. And thank you guys so much for our first season of Cahoon and the Wasp. <laughs>